0: Hey, friends. Welcome to Death and a Butterfly. I'm your host, Carrie. Join me as we delve into a broad spectrum of topics, including but not limited to spirituality and well being, sharing knowledge for the modern journeyer. welcome to the thought process. Glad you're here and we can resonate together. Please like and subscribe to stay updated, and if you enjoy what you hear, please share with someone you love. Alright, so today's podcast will be in a few parts. I did this one with my friend and client, Cassandra, and probably about halfway through her husband joined us and we had a bit of a chat so I'm gonna be breaking this one into a few parts and honestly we kind of talk about everything and anything there is no specific layout for what we are talking about we just kind of organically start chatting about a lot of random shit <laughs> so enjoy, enjoy. okay, okay.
1: are you skipping you? Skipping me, I mean. So then I go. Yeah. Okay. I was confused. Like you just couldn't hold it in anymore. So it's like the most obnoxious part. What is it? <laughs> All right, this is grand. All right. You were the last to go. I'll go. right up okay so I really should start recording this because if you saw what I did when that part went off it was like one of those ones <laughs> that like literally rumbles your ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it really was. Ah, oh, okay. All, All, right. All right. So, what are you
2: most looking forward to out of the winter months? Mm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Most. <laughs> this year? I don't know. I would really like to go out to Elk Island. And I think is it called Big Lake? out West? Yeah, where my boot camp is. Yep, yep. yep. Around there. there. I heard it is a good area. Yeah,
1: there's an actual, I think, um, wildlife reserve or something over there. I think so, because my one client was telling me that she (laughs) went for a hike the other day, and she got lost in the middle of the reserve thinking that she went the other way, and then she had to, like, get out, so. Good old adventure time. Yeah. So I think it is, like, an actual... Yeah. um, I heard good things on the reserve
2: Edmonton Snowshoeing Club. Okay. Okay. So we gotta join that. We do. Ooh, and they do, um, it is your turn. Evening strolls in Strathcona. And, and they're like all lit up. Mm-hmm. That would be entertaining. What are you most looking forward to? For? for it, and I don't know how much my tailbone is excited
1: for it. Okay, but now that you have more core, and you, like in terms of what I mean by now that you have more core, is that you're able to actually brace your, like, pelvic area better than yeah. you were before, and you understand how to do more of the rotation for it, too. It's true. So now there's not going to be that disconnect from the lower and the upper body as much. So no. we'll have a better center of gravity, but there is a
2: good disconnect with the head to body.
0: Mm, 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 mm,
2: the mind of like you're too old for this. No. To the like you got this.
1: I'll have you, I'll have you good by the end of the first stride for sure. It's going we'll to be We'll sit fun. and learn if we have to. It's so much fun to learn, though. <laughs> it is. Like, you'll take a lot of tumbles. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll admit, like, a lot of them. Just learn to land properly and don't ever land on your wrists, because you'll fuck yourself. <laughs> right? Just, like, I always try, whenever I'm going to fall, I'll actually, like, tuck and roll so that I can get my board up under my ass and just get back up. Mm. So it's like sometimes you just learn to like, oh, I'm about to eat shit. So you just kind of like sit. I literally sit on my ass like this with my board up so that it's not catching on anything. And I'll literally just like (laughs) slide down the hill on my ass. And I'm like, I'm not hurting myself. I'm actually enjoying it. And it like softens the blow so you don't hit your, your tailbone. It's like going down a slide.
2: <laughs> I'll think of that when I'm falling next time.
1: Slide. Yeah, but well we have you on a rotational program right now, so we should be good to go, I think. I know. Yeah, it's, coming, it's like I'm preparing you
2: before you actually have to do the thing. I know. I'm also preparing for any kind of punching, boxing. Yeah.
0: defense so, that's going to be needed. Yeah. We get hit pads for sure. Best workout ever.
1: When people are coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gotta prep ourselves. Okay, was it my turn or your turn? Your turn. So
2: you're a power engineer by trade. Went to school for. It. Hmm. Mine it? How does that make you feel? I'm okay with it. You are. I am. It is a twelve-hour shift, shift work. I could be in town, out of town. Who knows? Kind of job. And I need to be more in town steady, like a 8 to 5, if that, with Bentley in school. So I'm okay with that.
1: I like it. It also gives you more time to also do self-care, though, right? I know. Like, sit at the table and read a book for hours on end. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Or do workouts from the comfort of your basement. Yes. Tell me about your your situation this morning. <laughs> when you messaged me saying you tasted blood. <laughs> Run me through what
2: your thought process was. Oh my god. That damn workout. Oh that hit cardio. It just gets you it gets you in the lungs, obviously. Mm. I died. I'm not going to lie. I think I was the third round in, and I was like, I'm just ready to quit. This is over. I'm done with this workout. Are you doing it with weights? Uh, Hardly, if any.
1: Okay, just making okay. sure, because I was like, don't. I was like, this is body weight only. Like.
2: <laughs> no, I think I do the uh, no twist, Russian twists with two and a half pound ball weights. That's it the other ones I don't do anyway.
1: I feel like that one's such a good core burner. Ooh,
0: It is.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It is. I like it. And then to, because you really have to brace yourself when you're doing those flies. Mm-hmm. Or else you just kind of like move all over the place.
1: You know what's even more difficult is when you actually start to alternate them from side to side, oh. because it's like you're forcing yourself to hold that static position in that L shape as you're rotating
2: yeah. between, in like a windshield wiper, I guess. You should see me the first time I was doing them. No weights, And I'm doing the fly, and my whole, I'm just sitting there rocking, rocking back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I don't think I'm doing these right. We need to slow down here. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: It just paints such a picture for me, like
2: because yeah,
1: <laughs> that's exactly how I was just like flailing. Like I am a bat. <laughs> but I mean I bet it was the equivalent of like a hollow hold. <laughs> Like, I'm a banana, but I am flying (laughs) and moving.
2: (laughs) She's just rocking and rocking. I I think so. I don't know. know. Oh,
1: look at all these. Okay, so are we teaching you and Bentley in town?
0: At the start of the season?
2: Yeah. On a nice,
0: small, little hill.
2: Alright, let's do this.
0: I feel like
1: the best hill, and I'm not going to lie, was probably the Edmonton Ski Club. Because it's just like the perfect little bunny hill to like warm yourself up on while you kind of learn the basics and you kind of learn how to do stuff. Um, But people aren't going fast enough to smash into you if you fuck up and go all the way over somewhere else, you know? Um, And you kind of, you, there's a respect on the hill that you wait until some of the younger kids who are maybe a little bit smaller kind of go, or you go off to the farther side to, like,
2: get out of the way. Mm. And it's a less popular, It's not very busy. It's not too bad around like
1: 4.35. I think Open Ski starts at 5. So technically we could be there from 5 o'clock until 8 o'clock. And that would give you a substantial amount of time throughout the week whenever you decide to do your lessons. And then it prepares you for when you actually get to the mountains and you're on the bigger hills and you're like, okay, I already understand how to rotate. <laughs> is it my turn or your turn? This your turn. going. My butt is one.
2: It's little Because we are podcasting from my garage. I mean, for a garage, it sounds pretty deep. Better than the noisy house. That is? Who would have
1: thought? microphone is so sensitive. Okay, so, um. Snowboarding lessons. What else? What is something interesting that you've learned from any of the books that you've been reading?
2: And what books have you been reading? Ooh. Well, I just read Everything is Fucked. <laughs> okay, so tell me about that one. Um, it was intriguing. It wasn't that great. I don't know if I would read it again. It started off good. I didn't think it was going to be so much a self-help book as much as it turned out to be. And it hit some really in-depth religion, some chapters on creating your own religion. It was very intriguing. I wouldn't read it again.
1: Like, like um, the time that guy registered pastifarians and then he went to the dmv to wear
2: like a strainer on his head that guy that pretty much interesting it is it's just saying about how if you can create a religion um it gives people hope and then those people will follow your religion and then it basically turns into what i would like to call a cult So, so it's a book on how to start a cult. Well, I mean, it says it's a supposed to be a self-help book, and then it also says it's supposed to be a book about hope.
0: Interesting.
2: But I really took in this whole, like, creating your cult religion part of it, and it just threw me off. <laughs> in what way? Um, well, it intrigued me because to come to think about it, I guess, in a way... Our government is sort of a religion it's their own religion they have mm. their ways we're supposed to follow it we're just supposed to be a part of their religion their government it's very intriguing because they put out a sense of like false hope but people just follow it agree to it they seek the hope they don't realize that it's false that's some deep ass shit, okay.
1: So that's Unfuck Yourself?
2: Nope, that was uh, Everything Is Fucked. Oh, Everything Is Fucked. Is that the same guy that wrote Unfuck Yourself? No, it's the same guy that wrote The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck.
1: Okay, so the same person that wrote The Subtle Art
2: of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty intriguing. It took me a really long time to get through that book. But I did it, and now
1: it's gone. So would you ever say that you would waste your time finishing a book that you weren't into? Or would you still finish it? Would you
2: still read it so that you've had that information? Um, so, like, everything is fucked. Mm-hmm. When I hit that, like, religion part, I was ready to just kind of throw this book out of the way. Um, but I have a little bit of OCD. Mm-hmm. And I have a trained thought where started something i need to finish it so i started that book and i just needed to finish it so how long did that take you two months
1: so what if you could have been done three or four books that you liked in that time what was the difference between you like following through on that just out of curiosity because i do the same shit, and i'm just like I was like, I actually really don't like this book at all. And I'm like, no, I'm going to finish it. <laughs> and then I just don't read it. And I'm just like...
2: <laughs> That's my train of thought. So it sat above my microwave for about two weeks because I was just like, no, no, not feeling it. And I was also reading, well, two other books at the same time. So I read Eat, Pray, Fuck My Life book. Okay, yeah, I think I read that one in a week, right? Yes. Yeah. And then shortly after, we started Book Club, and then we Ooh, were reading whoop, Green Lights. That one I just had to force myself to put down, mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, I'm getting way too ahead of it. Mm. So then I started rereading chapters and rereading things, literally to avoid my other book. But eventually I just sat down and I was like, oh, I need to finish this. And I did. Mainly because I was done my green lights book.
1: Okay, so what is it that you liked about green lights? Oh. Cause I finished it in audiobook while I was doing my career services. Like it's only a six hour and forty-two minute read, and that's yeah. not on it being any faster than one. So I like listen to it and then if i missed a part i would just rewind it and it was just like i felt like there was more of a connection between the author and his words and how he described his writing rather
2: than someone else reading it for its punctuation that's true yeah um i don't have the audiobook i would actually read the book itself okay um he had I guess a life that I never would have expected from somebody like him. It was intriguing, an intriguing life, an intriguing way of thinking. He has such a carefreeness about him and the way that he lived his life. He really took every moment of his life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. He didn't waste it. And you can clearly, when you're reading it, you just, you, it's almost like you know him the way that he writes. Yeah, those no stories. Does he say it's like a self-help book though? Like he's
1: never. like, it's not like that. He's like, I'm no. just giving you what I did. <laughs> yeah. So it's never too overbearing in that sense in a way, and it's kind of cool the stuff that he did. Like he mm. was talking about how <laughs> when he was younger, he found these cool big trees out in like what. The backyard of like his trailer park or something. Oh yeah. So he found these really big trees and he found a lumber yard that was like a fair distance away. <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up taking lumber from the yard to make this what three story? Was it three stories? I think so. Treehouse? Yeah this huge treehouse. It took him all summer. That took him to the treetops And he finally understood what Longview, Texas was named after or something. Yes. Right? Because he could
2: look for a very long time, he said. (laughs) Yeah. I just really like how um, his life is inspired through his dreams. (laughs) He has a dream, and he followed it.
1: He is an example of a really good stalker. Okay. Not like the, there's a creepy person following you. Not what I mean. So, we are dreamers. This is some shamanism for you. Um, We're dreamers. And I actually just put out a podcast today about dreams, which explains a little bit more about dreamers. Um, But we are dreamers, I'll say it again. And (laughs) it's essentially... What we do in our waking dream, which is when we're awake and going through life, we are processing what our dreamer is trying to show us in the sleep dream. So when we go to bed, we have dreams about what we need to do if we set an intent. And so what I mean by setting an intent is you... Essentially make an agreement with your dreamer, which sounds really weird, but it's not like that, um, for you to do something or find something for your highest self. So one of our questions for homework over the weekend was how can I claim more benevolent power? Um, which is like non-aggressive not having to stoop to, and I don't want to say like a lower energy, but you don't have to go to that level that you can just like understand it for what it is and you don't need to like lose energy over it, right? Um, So stalking is essentially you putting your dream time into action. So, long roundabout story, sorry, is that Matthew McConaughey is a really, really good stalker. He has pretty um, vivid dreams, very lucid dreams. He actually researches the actual medicine of them. Um, he had a dream about Africa.
2: And had a dream about the Amazon River with African people.
1: Yeah, so he went to Africa. He did. Even though that's not where the Amazon is. No. But he still went to Africa. And he learned a lot of things there. And With now... A tribal chief. Yeah. So I think he's taken different kinds of shamanism. If that makes sense. Yeah. So like I was saying... um, in my podcast for dreams i was saying that the type of shamanism that my teachings come from are um the mayan culture and from the crow and cheyenne people in the united states typically okay um because my one teacher is actually from the states so we're learning more those teachings. And if you would say go to Africa and you go to a shaman there, they have completely different teachings than us. Yeah. Um, so even in a lot of the ways that they would do ceremony would be possibly very different. And they just warned against not mixing two different types of shamanism together because it weakens them, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, I can see
1: that. So they were like, if you're practicing one, make sure you're very rigid with that one so it doesn't bleed over into the next one. Like, keep them very separate. And I was like, oh. That's interesting. I was like, okay. because so I was like, I want to learn from a bunch of different shamans. <laughs> <laughs> I guess
2: we're not many. What books have you read lately, other than The Obvious? Um,
1: I started reading Paul Selig's um, Realization. Um, And for those of you that haven't heard of Paul Selig, he is a channel. And what I mean by a channel, he is... Someone who gets messages from the fifth dimension or something. Um, for okay. lack of for lack of better explanation of quantum physics right now, like <laughs> <laughs> we'll just <laughs> chalk it up to that. Um, and sorry, I'm getting distracted. I'm trying to find this book right now. It is the seventh It is the seventh book, and I think there's nine right now. It's the seventh book out of nine, and it's on its third teaching. So the first teaching is, like, one through three.
2: Okay.
1: And that's its own series. And then four through six is another series, and I'm on seven to nine right now. And these teachings started back in 2009. Paul Selig is actually... Um, I can't remember if he's a Harvard professor. He taught, I think, some sort of English or writing. He is. He has a master's degree from Yale. And he had a spiritual experience in 1987 that left him clairvoyant. So it says he now consults with individuals and businesses internationally as a medium, channel, and energy healer. But he's just, like, a very interesting person to listen to. I don't know if you've ever heard him before. No. Okay. I have never. I'm going to put on... This is the teaching that I missed yesterday. We only have to listen to, like, a little bit of it. And then you'll understand what I mean when I talk about um, his teachings. It's very different when you hear it in audio versus when you're reading it. But when you're reading the books, you actually feel yourself, like you feel this lightness, like you're elevating yourself to this teaching, Mm. that you're spiritually almost connecting with it and understanding it, and therefore... It's like you're downloading a program.
2: Yeah.
3: In a way. Good morning, welcome, i Thanks for joining me. So I'm going to be uh, 60 years old in just over a week, and this That's when everything really, really shifted, and they started dictating long, long lectures that once I became willing to record them and transcribe them um, became the basis for books. So they've dictated now 10 books for me, nine books are in print. The first one was called I Am The Word, which was published in 2010, and um, the next one is called Resurrection, which will be out next year. So there's they're really teachers, the guides I work with teachers. This isn't sort of self-help. This is something somewhat other. And I'm a student of this work. I'm not a spiritual teacher. I'm not a guru. I don't have any designs on being either of those things, but I am grateful for what happens here. And I continue to show up for this work often when I would prefer not to because I'm still learning through it and from it. And I find the whole thing sort of amazing. Um, It's not what I anticipated. I was raised sort of an atheist. So perception is clear enough to be able to do my job. You know, my job really is is, is dictation. I'm a, a stenographer of sorts and a spoken one. All of the books that are out in print were spoken and then transcribed. or twice they'll let us know i assume the Bill attune people and they work with energetic attunements they say we're like radios and they're attuning they're tuning us as radios to to play the higher broadcast that they come with um but beyond that it's on the air and <laughs> i do this <laughs> I, so a so I don't lot of, hear I like the it. dog I'm jumping up and down and the wind rustling Close your eyes.
0: We sit back and close our eyes.
3: And we are.
1: of God surrounds us, the love of worship unfolds us,
3: the power of God protects us,
2: yes, the power of God protects us,
3: and the spirit of God watches over us, wherever we are, God is, yes, show not a stage, though,
2: too, right? Silently, no set the intention
3: that you're only open and receptive to those energies and that information which offer your highest the amounts needed for your healing and evolution. When we see you, when we witness you, when we witness you, we claim you as you truly are, we claim you as you truly are, beyond any idea of self, beyond any idea of self, idea of self that you would seek to perpetuate, that you would seek to perpetuate. You see the idea of self, you see the idea of self and believe in what you are, who are is what is being transposed now is what is being transposed now. A new requirement is made, and a new requirement okay. is made for the student who wishes to claim, for the student who wishes to claim, I know who I am. I know who I am. The I divine know. knowing, the divine knowing. The true, the true self is who you are. The true self is who and what you are. Indeed comes at a cost. Indeed comes so at a
1: cost. So this is the, the shit I'm consistently posting on Instagram. Those big, big, long readings that I'm posting, this oh, is his books. Myself. But I feel like they're so straightforward. The teachings are just so straightforward that it's like, fuck.
2: They are. But, wow, did he ever just get into a really fast ramble?
1: Yeah, so (laughs) it's a very different sound, hey? It It takes a bit getting used to. I first was like, no, what the fuck is this? When I heard him on Aubrey Marcus's podcast, sorry. Um, And... I think he was on there maybe three times. I had to listen to all of them over and over again because I was just like, what is this? (laughs) Um, And then I ended up in the first lockdown that we ever had. I started reading his first books, and I think I had – I think I ordered all six of them or seven of them right away. And I ended up reading the first three within – I think the start of that lockdown in like what March? Yeah. March to what was it, the end of the summer or something? No.
2: Middle of the summer? Oh, now I can't. It remember. was a while. No, they opened up for June, July, August.
0: Okay.
1: September. Anyways, yeah. I read the first three books in between that time and it's kind of like. You know, when you get, like, too much at once, you just need some time to actually stop and integrate it into your life rather than having, like, an assault of information everywhere. You need to process it. Yeah, so I stayed away from this most current book, which is the seventh one. I stayed away from it for almost a year. I started the last three, again, in October of last year. So I do them in threes. It's like the three is the whole series. It's the whole teaching in and of itself. So it's like you're attuning yourself to it. Which sounds super woo-woo and bullshitty. I get it. Like, (laughs) I mean, you heard it. You're probably like, the fuck is this? And at first you're like, we're joining a cult. (laughs) You're like, this must be a cult. (laughs) It's definitely a cult. I got asked that so much when I went to go for shamanism this summer for my week long. Everyone's like, are you joining a cult? Are you going to be coming back? Are you? (laughs) And I was like, I know it sounds a little woo-woo, but... How's your pink Whitney? Yes. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. Yeah. We have this little heater on right here. keeping us quite dandy. Dandy.
1: So, if you don't know, Cassandra's husband just entered the garage. You should just sit down with us. <laughs> Cameo appearance. <laughs> oh, Try not to speak now. Don't hmm. fall. You might hit your G spot and my <laughs> <hand line>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <is> it might be a nice. hinting at the the pooping TikTok that I put on Instagram that triggered a chat about um, essentially whether or not men stay in the washroom for a long time because their poops hit their G-spot on the way out. Um, and then it triggered a lot of other men to come forward about them liking their booty holes touched. It did. Would you say so? It did. I think that was the most entertaining Sunday
2: ever. It really was. I mean, I was very entertained. I'm pretty sure I was entertaining him as well. Like, (laughs) dude straight up was
1: just like, I have a strap-on in my toy chest at home because he's, like, pegging his heart. And I was like, all right. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm, I, ha- I haven't traveled there yet, so I'm going to yeah. take your word for it. And it was kind of like, you need to try it. It's a whole other level. And I was like, maybe if it arises.
2: I mean, it doesn't shock me as much to hear a woman trying it as much as it is a man. Why is that?
1: I think it's because they just think that it's gay. Yeah. Like, inherently, it's just gay. Yeah. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but even if a woman was asking you to put something up your butt and you might like it, you would still say it's gay. Why? Is it because it's exit only? Pew, pew. Shots fired.
2: (laughs) Just a creepy stare. I'm not in this.
1: <laughs> but you're a man. You can help I'm us. I mutual
2: territory.
1: What? You can't give away your secrets? <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> We're trying to educate.
2: The world needs to understand this better. Yeah. People
1: are just going to have to explore for themselves. There you have it. Like, is it, like, because you don't have enough fiber that it's, like, hard coming out? And that... Does that, oh. like, rub it the right way? Or... Because we did discuss that you guys do need a little more fiber. That's true.
3: I don't don't know. know. I'm very regular. I'm good. It's not very hard coming out at all. It's
2: good. It's got lots of fiber. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I guess that one cuts it out. (laughs) It does.
2: So, maybe it only goes for men lacking the fiber? Oh. Maybe.
1: It doesn't sound like healthy. I don't know. It doesn't. What is healthy poo anymore? I don't know. know. Those ones that are like a big like L shape. <laughs> like a floating L shape are supposed to be like the healthiest ones or something.
2: <laughs> Let's look it up. What
1: are the healthiest poops? chart. There's a chart. It talks about color, size, consistency, length of time. Are we ready?
2: I don't know (laughs) if you're ever ready for something like this. But healthy poops are a need to know. People need to know.
1: So constipation looks like marbles and they have a picture of like a cat eye marble. Um, and if it's mild constipation, you have caterpillars. Oh. So those are the ones with like your sphincter pressing it into like caterpillars, I guess. Hot dogs are considered normal. Mm-hmm. Snakes, the L shape I was mentioning before. <laughs> yeah. Snakes are considered normal. And then when you're lacking fiber, you have amoebas are floating squashy like amoebas oh yeah um mild is soft serve and um full-on diarrhea is a jackson Pollock painting oh it's very splattery oh, then, oh, yeah. i think that's a pretty good chart
2: but it's that's a good chart good chart i
3: like the drawings very okay. well done.